Alright, so welcome to the sixth episode of the Pursuit of the Outdoors podcast. It's probably been a good, oh, I'm going to say six to seven months since I produced the podcast for various reasons, but um, I've decided to take things uh, from the previous platform of Glowwalker to my website at the moment, um, the Hiking Society. And I've sort of been toying with the idea of who, who I would interview for episode six and, you know, try and make it a good, as good as I possibly can. Um, and recently I've come across a young guy out Geelong Way by the name of Tom Dunn. Um, that's what Tom has done on Instagram. Um, he's someone who has done a lot of uh, charity work, probably adventure, outdoor related um, treks. And is in a couple of months going to attempt what he's calling Australia's longest triathlon. Um, where he will... Uh, run, swim and cycle 4,825 kilometres from Cape York on around September the 10th to uh, Wilson's Prom um, and ho- he's hoping to finish there the start of December um, and raising money for uh, Melbourne Indigenous Transition uh, School here in Melbourne and uh, is looking to really put, I suppose, that organisation on the map as well and help him out as much as he possibly can. So, um, without further ado, uh, Tom, welcome to the uh, to the episode. Pleasure. Thanks for having me no on uh, episode number six. No worries, mate. Um, so, what started all this? Like, where does this all come about? Um, I guess this trip began, uh, in a way, back in 2014 uh, when I completed my first uh, trip, which was a kayak. Yep. Uh, 2,200 k's yep. uh, down the length of the Murray River. Yep. Um, I guess from there, it sort of sparked a bit of an interest in the advent, uh, in the adventure industry. Yep. Um, I kept doing a couple more large-scale trips, and yep. um, yeah, I guess my mum describes this one as my uh, latest insanity streak. Okay. And okay, so latest insanity streak, like why? I mean, obviously it's a long way, <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of things to do. Uh, obviously, running, swimming, cycling, uh, even the running component. A hiker, as myself. Uh, such as I am, um, that just sounds phenomenal. <laughs> but why do you feel the need to do something like this? Like what draws you to do uh, 4,825 kilometres from basically one end of Australia to the other? I think, in a way, um, we've chatted previously about yeah. um, you know the, the addiction to being outdoors yep. and the. The feeling you get when you're out there and you're pushing yourself um, yep. past the point you thought you could perhaps well, previously was yep. uh, your limitations. And I think that first trip that I completed was definitely something that pushed me past my capabilities, my yep. perceived capabilities. Yep. Um, and from there, it was a matter of, well, if I can do this, what else can I do? Um, and so I did a second trip and then a third. And after I was lucky enough to sort of complete those successfully, I thought, why not do a really big trip again and see how far I can push myself yep. and this idea just sort of popped into my head and um, yeah after looking at each segment and, and what I was going to be doing mm. um, you know you mentioned about the running section going through the Blue Mountains there um, running through there is going to be pretty spectacular so yep. each little aspect of the trip was just too good of an opportunity to, to turn down and yep. it became a case of why not why not yep. just go out and do it unreal and I imagine you know, something. Like, I mean, obviously, this is not something that you just wake up on a Saturday morning and go, "I'm going <laughs> to run, cycle, and swim from one end of the country to the other." Um, and you know, as you said, we, we've had discussions about this before. Um, how do you go about getting yourself ready for something like this? Is this something like I know you said you've done a few before, yeah. and you've kind of you're sort of looking at this one to be almost like your big one. I'm not saying it's going to be a peak, but it's yeah. certainly like probably the biggest one you've done so far. 
Um, how do you go about getting yourself ready for something like this? Yeah, so I guess, like you mentioned, the trip, uh, the idea for the trip definitely didn't come around yeah. um, overnight. It yeah. was probably, I think it was probably about a three-month process where I realised that I wanted to go out and do another trip mm. um, and started searching for something that felt right. Initially, I was looking overseas, um, and then with the last trip that I'd done at the time, which was uh, my SUP for DCA trip, a uh, stand-up paddleboard trip the length of the Murray-Darling Basin, yep. um, I sort of just had this, I guess, wave of interest to go and do something in Australia. Um, there's plenty of people out there doing yep. extraordinary trips uh, around the world, and there are a few that are, are doing some in Australia, but for me, it sort of, I guess, felt right to go and do something in Australia. So I guess that's where the idea started to build from, and then, you know, Again, like you said, looking at uh, doing something as it was going to be my biggest trip uh, at the time. Biggest trip, I started yep. just looking at, you know, what were the most extreme points of Australia, east, west, north, south. Um, yeah, and then found a couple of different trails, um, but the National Bicentennial I mentioned to you. Yeah, that's right. Um, which really appealed initially, and that was something that sort of bit me initially and mm. settled on going north to south. Um, then logistically, the way I wanted to do the trip, I wasn't going to be able to do it as a, as a pure hike. Um, so I started looking at opening up, maybe following the coast, and then I guess before I knew it sort of had snowballed into doing a triathlon so that I could sort of, I guess, meet all the demands of what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be away for you know, nine, 12 months, yep. um, keep it a little bit shorter, putting in the cycling leg. But yep. yeah, I guess it sort of all just, it all just came together um, at, at once. And I, I guess you don't wake up no. overnight, but it sort of all sits in the back of your mind there and then you do wake up, I guess, a little bit one morning and it sort of hits you and you go, this is what I'm going to do and this is going to be it. But it does take a few months, I guess, to, to build up to that. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of the distance, I guess, my last trip, I was lucky doing it down a river system. The river snakes back and forth so much. That you do a lot more kilometres than what you realise mm. looking at the map. Stretch it out. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah, once you stretch the river out, it's yeah. a lot further than what it looks on the map. Yeah. So in the back of my head, I'd already done a trip that was 3,800 kilometres, so to jump up 4,800 doesn't seem like a huge jump. Um, but by doing that all on land, and when you see that on a map, so northernmost point, southernmost point of the mainland of Australia, it definitely looks a lot further than what uh, my previous trips have been. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the distance is the same yeah. as what I mentioned before. Yep. It was just, I've had the idea, and why not? Let's go and see if it's possible. Unreal. Um, so as I mentioned at the start, you're raising money this time. I mean, you've raised money for a couple of other um, foundations and, and organisations before. I think you mentioned, it was, you know, to date, 97,000, yep. which, you know, um, is absolutely fantastic for the, the Aurora Foundation, uh, Deaf Children of Australia, I believe. Yep. And what was that one? And Assassinate Foundation yep, cool. in Nepal. Yeah, in Nepal. But tell us about um, MITS and what it means to you and... Why you, why are you raising money for them for this through this yeah. trek? So I guess the, the reason I fundraise uh, is purely because I guess through these trips I've sort of had the realization that anyone can do anything yeah. uh, if they're given the opportunity. So I don't consider myself to be a, a supreme athlete. Um, yep. you, know, you can check out my Insta handle and see that yeah. I'm definitely not uh, you know Hercules or anything like that. Yeah, I, I I do think that um, trips like these are more of a mental. Um, challenge than they are a physical challenge so I guess trying to show people um, that they can go out and do something is something that's important to me 
Um, and these organisations that I've supported uh, are doing that not through an adventure aspect, but they are, you know, through education programs and stuff like that. They're giving kids uh, the belief that they can go out and do whatever it is they want to do when they get older. And, and MITS is a perfect example of that. Um, so MITS, the Melbourne Indigenous Transition School, yep. essentially what it is is it's um, a school that provides kids the, the best education possible to yep. them um, through boarding schools and the like uh, down here in, in Melbourne. Um, but the, the kids are coming from remote communities. Um, wow. Majority of them are coming from the you know, Northern Territory. and. Yep. It's a very, very big change, yeah. purely like weather alone uh, yeah. this time of year is a very big difference to what it is up in the top end. So um, the year at MITS purely gives the kids the, the opportunity, I guess, um, to get used to what things are so that it's not a complete culture shock. Yeah. Um, and they're able to sort of learn to enjoy their time down here while they're still getting their education. Yeah. and then. Uh, MITS really provides and nurtures them to be strong in, you know, in culture and identity yeah. so that they're not throwing away everything they have back home. It's still who they are, but they come down and they be that person comfortably yeah. um, in a Melbourne and a boarding school yeah. environment. So yeah. I, I came across MITS um, as I was teaching one of the school, uh, one of the school groups um, how to surf yeah. uh, with my day job. and. Yeah, the kids just blew me away. I mean, they had these huge grins oh, on their right. faces and I stopped and started talking to them. And yeah, and yeah it sort of just, uh, at the time I had the idea for the trip and I thought, you know, let's raise some more money and some more awareness. Yep. And they were an incredible organisation. So I put the two together and yeah, it became, became the trip it is now. And isn't it funny, like, we just had in the in the AFL, Cyril Rioli retire. Yep. Uh, what we understand, he's retired. Um, and he's someone who obviously come down from the top end down here into, into Melbourne when he got drafted by Hawthorne at, at such a young age and taken out of his community. Uh, yep. Not taken out, but, you know, he was got drafted, so he had to come down here and play. And um, obviously had to probably would have had his own challenges. And, you know, it, it's obviously, I suppose we probably don't understand the challenges. We just think we come to one place, yeah. like, you know, we might go to Sydney and adapt, but it's completely different. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, you would obviously know a little bit more than, than I would, but it, um, and, and, with the funds that you are going to be raising for them, what are you hoping, what, what can those funds do for, for MITS? So, it, MITS is a really incredible program. Yeah. Um, they stop at no expense to give the kids the opportunity and belief they can go out and do anything. And, Great. And part of their extra curriculum and stuff like that is when they came um, and took a, a lesson of surfing with yeah. myself. So, um, when I was taking a class, you know, there was... Maybe 50, 40% of the kids there had never actually seen the ocean before. Um, So it wasn't just a a culture shock to be, you know, at the beach, but all of a sudden they're in the water and they're surfing. And and so, I mean, that's that's the stuff that MITS is doing, is they're, I guess, showing them that there is uh, a bigger world out there. It's similar, I guess, in many senses to when... You, know, you see the cliche thing, 18, 19 year olds, they go overseas and they go out and travel. Um, they see that there's a bigger world out yeah. there. Um, this is just a, a different way of doing that. And MITS just provides every opportunity for them to sort of say, all right, we've given you every you know viewpoint that we can give you. Here's what we see in the world. What yeah. do you want to go and pursue? What do you want to go and chase? Yeah. Um, and then the kids decide and then they get supported through that. So. Through all those um, programs and all those extracurriculum activities, um, there is obviously a fairly big expense. Um, so for myself, um, I'm just hoping to sort of decrease the, the cost yeah. of burden for, for MITS or the school itself so that they can continue to give yeah. those kids that opportunity. 
Um, but yeah, do it do it without having to sort of cut any corners yep. because, like I said, you know, if you can go and give a kid the belief they can do anything, you know, you want to, yeah, it's, yeah, it's insanely powerful to sort of see um, what the kids can come up with in their yep. ideas and and yeah, I guess it's just a matter of helping out in the way that I can and. I wanted to go and do this trip anyhow, so why not raise a few funds if I yeah. can and, um, and bring some yeah. attention to what Mitz is doing. Yeah, great, awesome. And um, what sort of feedback have you had from them at all with regards to maybe exposure they've got or anything like that? Yep, um, so the kids are, are all pretty happy, so yeah. they've been in a couple of little videos and stuff online yeah, right. and uh, they think they're little celebrities yeah, now, um, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Kids have also given me a fair bit of feedback on what I'm going to expect from my trip as well. Okay. Uh, a couple of them are from Bairnsdale yeah, right. uh, originally, so that's where I'll, near where I'll start my swimming uh, leg of the journey. Yep. Um, and I thought I was going in there to sort of stay away from any dangerous wildlife. Um, you know, I was initially was going to swim in the ocean and didn't want to do that because of the sharks. Yep, of course. So I jumped into the Gippsland Lakes and was planning to swim there. And one of the boys, yeah, has let me know that there's uh, this huge eel about as long and almost as thick as a human, the conger eel. Um, apparently, as I swim up the Mitchell River, I've got to keep an eye on for those because yeah. apparently they'll come and give you a nibble occasionally. Right. Um, so, you know, they've been giving me a fair bit of feedback Unreal. about the trip and the yeah, planning yeah. stages as well. So, um, it's been pretty cool. But in terms of awareness, I think really mits the kids themselves um, are incredible and the organisation and the staff are also pretty incredible. So, for me, it's just it's just turning the eyes towards them. I don't really have to do much. The, yeah. the organisation speaks for itself. It's just right. trying to get the attention to them that they more. deserve. Yeah. yeah, great. So we spoke before about you know not roll you know roll, you couldn't roll out of bed tomorrow and go do something <laughs> like this. So that's probably more I suppose from the physical side of things. But when you're actually planning something like this, now I've done a few little trips like this where you know I've been to New Zealand twice and uh, planned trips that you know walking on roads, you know, and, and forest trails and all this sort of stuff for, you know, two weeks, you know, doing back-to-back 30-kilometer days, all that sort of stuff. When some, when a place is sort of so far away, considering what you're doing, particularly up in the, the you know, far north Queensland and then coming down to New South Wales, how do you actually plan for something like that? Like, how do you go, oh, I'm going to go to, you know, this road or this track or, like, how, how does that work for you? Yeah, I think um, similar to yourself in New Zealand trip, Google friend, uh, Google Maps is yep. my best friend. Yeah, um, it's yeah. I think you can learn so much through local knowledge, mm. um, and you know, nothing compares to local knowledge. Yeah. But in terms of, like you said, it being so far away, yep. don't have the contacts until you really get up there. So yep. to be able to come up with a, a rough plan. Yeah. Um, Google Maps is by far the best tool that I've found um, for this sort of planning stage. Um, it sort of allows me the opportunity to sort of, I mean, in some cases, drop a street view in and sort of at least have a look at what I'm sort of expecting, um, which I guess is uh, another big tool in terms of just confidence, um, knowing that you know, when I get up there, it's not going to be completely foreign. I think uh, the biggest enemy for these sorts of trips is your imagination in some ways. Okay. Um, purely because you know you see the the number of kilometers there and you go oh that's that's impossible but when you drop a street view in all of a sudden it's just another road it's just another town sure it might be a little bit hotter when i get up there yep. but it is just another road and it sort of makes it a little bit more real yep um and i guess well for me personally i find it that it's a little bit more achievable to see it um purely because i 
I've walked on a road before, yep. you know, I can do it again. And it's that whole mentality of it's not so big and scary and, you know, you can imagine so many dangers, but yep. when you see that it is what it is, yep. it, it's not so bad anymore. But okay. Yeah, I think in the planning stage, definitely Google Maps. And yep. It is just a matter of uh, putting in enough research so that, you know, when things are hard, when you're tired and exhausted, you're not having to process completely new information. Yeah. Just loading up on it now. Um, perhaps it's my excuse for procrastination, but I just sit and I'll watch YouTube videos and stuff like that about the different regions or just uh, spend a, a bit of time on Google Maps. And yep. Just loading up with information so that you know, after I've cycled however many kilometres or I've run however many kilometres, when I'm completely exhausted, I just want to crash. Yep. I sort of know where I am. I know where I think I'll feel safe and I can jump off, have a bit of a kip, and then go and get some food or something like yeah, that. Right. Okay. And just, yeah, it's just a load up of information, I think, that helps you get through those tough moments. Yeah, right. Now, with a track like this, obviously, you know, you're going to have plenty of gear with you at various stages. Um, and I imagine, you know, there's a, there's a, um, it's sort of funny for me to say this, but there's a heavy component of lightweight gear yeah. involved. So, like, what, what sort of stuff are you going to be taking with you? Like, for the running component, have you got, like, a backpack or, like, cycling? Like, have you got, like, stuff yeah. on the back? All that sort of stuff. Like, run so, me through that. So, this trip will be my first one that'll be uh, self-supported. So, previous I've had support crews. Yeah. Um, and it's been a bit of a rough transition for myself. So, for the previous trips, I've been able to afford myself a couple of luxury items. Yeah, right. um, so, stripping those back initially hurt a lot because I was like, oh, I could, I could do with this, you know, I think for the last trip, I was like enough to have a, a caravan following me, um, yeah. and I chucked a foam roller in the caravan, so after a rough day, you know, you've got a foam yeah. roller there, it was way too luxurious, but at the same time, I had the opportunity and it made the kilometres a little bit easier the next day, it was a case of why not, yep. whereas this time, once I sort of started to strip back those luxury items, I started to look at the other gear I was planning on carrying and thought, well, I'm getting rid of this, I can get rid of that, and at, at its core, um, you need very little. Yep. Um, I, well, perhaps with the way I'm going to do the trip. So I'm going to carry basically just sleeping gear. I won't carry a lot of cooking equipment or anything like that. I'll okay. aim to go town to town yep. um, and just stop in, load up on uh, food at a pub or something like that or a service station um, and then just run, cycle or whatever to the next one. Okay. Um, so going as lightweight as possible. Um, I'm also not planning on uh, you know, meeting the love of my life on the trip, so uh, you know, hygiene's not going to be it never a is, huge mate. issue. Even when you are with the love of your life, at some point in your life, I'm sure, unless you're at the moment, um, it doesn't matter, anyway, does it? Yeah. Um, no, I think, um, yeah, so I might yeah. take one can of deodorant in case I get asked to do an interview or something like that along the way, but... Uh, other than that, it's going to be, you know, for the cycling leg, I mean, it's going to be a pair of bib shorts and one jersey. Um, and, you know, if I find a river or a lake, I might give them a quick wash. And it will be a quick wash because of the crocodiles up north. Yeah. Um, and the running leg, it'll be a pair of shorts and a, and a shirt. Um, you know, a hat, basically, to, to keep the sun off. And that's about it in terms of equipment. You know, there's obviously um, panniers for the bike to yep. carry, you know, couple of little bits and pieces like toiletries or you know like a down jacket for the cold nights um, and I'll be taking a backpack for the running leg. Um, for the swimming leg it's a, a little bit more difficult obviously um, but we've got a little homemade raft that a, a good mate of mine has built up um, and also I'll be towing that behind me and 
It's just made out of PVC pipe, um, and we're just going to stuff all my other stuff into that. Unreal. So here's hoping Makeshift um, it stuff floats. Eh? Yeah. yeah, here's hoping it floats, and I'll be able to you know get from point A to point B and yep. still have all my uh, dry clothes. Yep. But um, you know, if not, I mean, it'd be a good incentive to finish the trip quicker if I've got no uh, no gear left. Yeah, exactly right. But um, but yeah, so going self-supported will be okay. will be fun. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, it is just. Looking everything, um, looking at everything on the list with a, a need versus want attitude, um, and then literally just cutting away everything on the want. And I mean, because I'm going town to town, there'll be supermarkets, there'll be you know shops that I can call into, and I can I mean, get a couple. all them out, I imagine, like to an extent. Yeah, yeah, I think to an extent, I sort of know where my towns are, yeah. and um, you know, I've sort of planned it out a little bit that you know I know that when I get to Cairns, if I'm feeling like I'm carrying not enough gear I need a couple of extra bits I can go into a town I uh, go into the town there and you know maybe pick up another yoga mat or something like yep. that as an extra layer to sleep on or something okay. like that um, you know, start putting in those comfort things but I think going into the trip at the beginning I'll go as hardcore as I can with nothing and then um, you know as I get slow and tired I'll um, start to bring in luxury items I think you know that yep. way it'll seem like a reward rather yeah, yeah, than uh, yeah. starting to so push yourself as hard as you can go and then, yep. yeah, and then yeah. you know start to bring in the comforts yeah okay so you said at the start of this chat um, yep. your mum was saying about how it's like insane <laughs> and all that so that's one person and obviously a very important person in your life but yep. Like, what are your friends and the rest of your family, like, what do they think about this? And even, like, all these tricks you're doing, because what you've told me, they're, they're not just, like, you know, going out for a 10-kilometre, 15-kilometre, 30-kilometre <laughs> hike during the day or, yep. or, or run or whatever the case may be. This is, like, you know, thousands of kilometres, whether it be on a river, on a road, through a forest, on a bike, through the ocean, whatever. Like, yeah. what are um, they saying about all this? So, I think with the first trip, yeah, mum and dad were incredibly supportive. Yeah. But... Uh, they told me later that they'd sort of had the discussion that, you know, how are we going to support Tom when he can't make it and, you know, how are we going to comfort him? And it wasn't a fact that they, they, they didn't believe... It wasn't that they didn't believe in me. No. It was just, I mean... Prepare for, they, like, they, when that They happens. knew no one who had done this trip. So for right. me to go out and do it, yeah. it seemed ridiculous. Um, yeah. And then uh, friends and uh, extended family were the same. Mm. You know, it was a case of you know how far that is and I was fortunate that I'd yes, never I been in a kayak before well I'd never been in a kayak before <laughs> really until three months before the trip I had the idea and then I thought oh I'd better get in the kayak and see what this is all about yeah um so I didn't really know how far it was to do up going a kayak until I was too far down the track and too committed really before yep. I can back out yeah um so I was lucky in that uh, instance but I think I think in many ways everyone was like you can't do this it's impossible um, and then after that first trip, I sort of showed that it perhaps was possible. The second trip, it was crazy. You're crazy. Why are you doing this again? Like, what do you, what, why? Just it's almost like the best piece of advice, really, because it, from the vibe I'm getting from you is you seem like you're almost a very, in some ways, a very competitive person. Like, if someone says no, you're like, well, why not? So the, yeah. them saying to you, this is crazy, or do you really know how far it is? It's like, yeah, I do, and you keep telling me that. You're just feeding me, feeding me, and give me more inspiration yeah. and more motivation to actually want to go out and do it. I think definitely for the first trip, yeah. that was my biggest motivator, was when I first floated the idea, I wasn't yeah. fully committed. People said, you can't do that. Right. And I sort of looked at them and went, well, why can't I? Like, yeah. I mean, what? It's, it's not impossible to paddle, you know, 50K in a day. It's, it's possible. Why can't I do it a second day and a third and then a fourth day um, back to back? Why 
can't I do it? There's no sort of limitation. I think that's a big thing about my trips is that at any point someone else could step in and take over from what I'm doing because they're not huge physical efforts individually. Like day to day, yeah, they start to get some big kilometres out. But mm. I think one of the biggest things uh, perhaps was a, a little bit of a motivation for that mindset was younger, uh, probably when I was about 18, playing footy. Um, had a speaker come to the footy club and they sort of put to us, you know, do you reckon you could run a marathon tomorrow? And we all went, no, nah, no, nah, we couldn't do that. And then someone, and then the speaker said, you know, if there was a gun to your family's head, could you go and run a marathon tomorrow? And you instinctively go, well, yeah, I'd, I'd find a way to do it. Mm. And I guess it's a little bit of that mentality of, if I've got to do it, I, I think I could do it. And it was just a matter of finding the motivation. Um, so for the first trip, when people said you can't do it, that became my motivation of, you know, I'll watch this, I'm, you know, hold my drink, I'm going to go and do it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> hold my drink. Yeah. Awesome. So it was, uh, that was, I guess, the motivation of the first one. I think yep. the second trip was much more for myself yep. um, to sort of see. And then I think that's where that sort of proved my capabilities. I've outdone them. What else can I do? And I think slowly the trips have become more about myself. I was going to ask, are you trying to prove something to yourself? I, I don't know about prove anymore. Uh, I, yeah. think, I think, um, I think, I think the, I lost the, the motivation to prove something to myself um, when I was on the end of the Darling River. So oh, yeah. um, with this uh, stand-up paddleboarding trip, I set a world first uh, for the first person to stand up paddleboard um, the length of the Darling River. And on that final day, I was 80 kilometers from the finish line and I had headwinds, but I woke up that morning and I just I just wanted to do it that day. Yeah. And so I went out and in 13 hours or something, I did 80 kilometers um, on, on the SUP board. And, and at the end of, at the, like in the last kilometer or two, I sort of had this really, it sounds a bit ridiculous, but I had this really powerful moment to myself where I was com in complete darkness, except for the moon that was lighting up the river. It was oh, really? quite extraordinary, really. Um, but I was standing there and I sort of had this conversation to myself and I sort of said, you know, I think you know, in a typical Australian fashion, I think all I said to myself was, you've done all right. Yeah. And I think at that moment, I think I had one little tear that rolled down my cheek. Yeah. And then from there, I just sort of steeled over and then I still had to get to the finish line of the, of the Murray for that trip. But um, I think, yeah, that was just the moment where I was, I didn't need to prove anything else to myself yeah. anymore. I knew I could do it. And yeah. now it's just a matter of following passions and, you know, I think trying to share that confidence or that belief with other people because I, I think, like I said at the start, I don't consider myself to be anything too special really. I mean, by all accounts, um, especially growing up, you know, I'm just a tall, pale, lanky kid. Yep. Um, and so I think if I can do this, there's people who could do far better things and far more uh, motivational, incredible things. So mm. I guess for me now, it's more about sharing that belief rather yep. than proving to myself that I can or proving to other people that I can now. Yeah. So you, as I mentioned at the start, um, you're going to be starting in Cape York on September 10th, yeah? Yes. Yep. yep. Right. So got what, like about... Two months ago, two months to the day, almost to the day, right? Yep. So, what are we? What are you doing over the next two months? Is, is all your training and all that sort of detail? Obviously, detail of how you're going to do has all been finalised a long time ago. I'm assuming. Yep. And what what else is there to be done? <laughs> um, I, I, perhaps it's my procrastination again. But yeah? in terms of training, I'm not big on it. Okay. Um, Why? I think it's because I think I'm probably because I got away with it in the first two trips. Right. <laughs> I've kept going, but I think with the first trip, I'd never been in a kayak until three months before the trip started. 
was a stand-up paddleboarding trip. I'd never been on stand-up paddleboard until yep. three weeks before the trip began. Right. Um, and with when I went to um, base camp in Nepal, I'd never really done any, any overnight hiking until day one of that trip. So yep. I think for me, it's perhaps a little bit of saving the energy of getting into it. Um, in terms of training, with this one, I'm taking it a little bit more prepared. Yeah. Um, trying to get as big of a, a cardio base as possible. I'm lucky and unlucky in the sense that um, the swimming leg of the journey, after doing sort of 70 days worth of cycling and running, all my swimming training that I do before the trip will be essentially pointless. So I don't yep. really need to train that, train for that. Mm. Um, but for me, going out and swimming, you know, a couple of K um, in a pool session, yep. I guess it puts in my head that I know that I can do it. Yep. And when the time comes, I know yep. that I can do it. Yep. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll do as much training as possible just to build on that and just yep. go off that mindset that it is possible for me to do it. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I've got a lot of days to uh, to be out there cycling, running, and swimming. So I don't want to get too bored um, too early on. So I'll sort of save it uh, for a, for a while anyway. Yeah. Nice. So September tenth, finish your start. Yep. And you're looking to finish in Wilson's Prom, uh, start of December. Yep. Um. Break down the legs for me of like when you're doing the running. Yep. Swimming. I'm swimming is obviously at the end. Yep. Obviously, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, because you mentioned that before. So. So the trip will start Cape York. Yeah. We'll have roughly, well, hopefully, forty days to do three thousand six hundred kilometers on the bike. Um, so that'll go Cape York, uh, Townsville. Uh, sorry, yep. Cairns, Townsville, yep. Toowoomba, yep. Tamworth, and then to Sydney. Sydney, yep. I'll swap over to um, my running shoes. Yep. Uh, from there, I'll go uh, running shoes. Uh, I'll run from Sydney to Canberra, Canberra to Bega, Bega down to Lakes Entrance. Yep. Um, and that'll be the running leg. Hopefully, about 30 or so, or 27 days is what I'm planning for that section. Yep. Um, swimming leg, I'll jump in the water at Lakes Entrance, go up the Mitchell River to Bansdale, yep. back down to Painesville, uh, cross the McLennan Strait and over to Sale. Um, and that'll be 135Ks, which we'll hopefully do in about 20 or so days. I As think. you do, yep. Well, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, by then I should be fairly fit, I'm yep. hoping. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of left a bit more. I think I can do each leg quicker, but injury, fatigue, all that sort of stuff's going to add up. So I'm going to take my time, hopefully, and beat what I'm hoping. Uh, and then from sale to Wilson's Prom, I will complete... Uh, it's the length of an Ironman, so... Um, uh, a small swim, uh, cycle, and then a run to get me down to the, the southernmost point of the Australian mainland. Um, and yeah, and that'll sort of wrap up the journey yep. uh, and get me to the finish line there. So all up, I'm hoping about 90 days. Um, but like I said, hopefully do it earlier. Um, but at the same time, wouldn't be surprised if it does take longer. <laughs> and you've obviously planned for that to happen. I mean, you can't... I mean, yep. look, when I went to New Zealand, I sort of... We were sort of working towards a guideline, I suppose. We had to be like here on this day, here on this day, and obviously a little bit shorter and all that. So you sort of look at those yep. things. You go, well, you're not giving you any room to, if something goes wrong, to get injured or whatever. Yep. What sort of, um, I suppose, leeway are you giving yourself? Like, if you don't get it done in the ninety days, yep. like, have you got like, are you give yourself an extra month, or is there any? If I don't, if I don't get it done in the ninety days, I'll get it done when I get, get it, it done. done. Yeah, I right. Think okay. It's, I think, um, yeah, this this trip will be 
as long as I don't you know get a serious injury or anything, and that's right. probably the only thing that I think will really stop me from completing the trip. If I have to cycle. 6k a day purely because uh, for whatever reason um, headwinds or you know broken chain or something like that I'll do my 6k I'll find a way of getting a new chain and then we'll start up again so it's just a matter of getting to the finish line I think I think uh, the, the finish line and the timeline scares a, a lot of people off these larger scale trips because you look at it and you go three months but for me mm. you know three months of a, a holiday as long as I can remember um, to stop and enjoy the moment as I go along it really is just traveling uh, at an extraordinarily slow pace I, I think well, you know from hiking and stuff like that as you as you go out in like the modern world we're constantly you know on trains cars uh, and all that Concrete jungles stuff. like yeah. you're at Melbourne not too uh, exactly. the city not too far from here yeah yeah exactly and I think yeah. we get so caught up in moving so quickly that the opportunity to go out for a hike or something like that or in this case a bike ride a run a swim yep. really gives you the chance to slow down and I guess take a, take in what's going on around you and um, that's what appeals to me about yep. doing the trips and you know I, I haven't gone completely crazy yet from the last trip so I don't think I can I don't think I'll go uh, crazy by yeah, the end yeah. of this one but yeah if I do go crazy, at least I've got a really good reason to. So you said in your last couple of trips, you had like, I think you mentioned the caravan as well. Now, I know you're not going, this one, you're not being supported. Yep. But is this like, you got a, um, like a EPIRB or like a PLB, something like that with you, I imagine. Um, but do you have any, any support at all? Like, are you checking in with people on like every couple of days to say, this is where I am. So like, if something goes wrong, yeah. they go, well, we spoke to him here. And we haven't heard from him here. He's somewhere in between. So I'll probably upload a tracking point yep. once a day. Yeah. Um, just for people to follow along on the trip. Yeah, nice. Um, just so that, I guess, rather than just popping in yeah. uh, randomly and say, oh, I'm in Townsville today. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll just pop a, a little upload uh, um, yep. each day. And I'll also try and, I guess, post once a day um, where reception yeah. permits. Yep. Just so people can sort of, uh, I guess, see what it's like on the trip. It's, like I said uh, earlier, trying to, I guess, now share um, the mentality that this is possible. Yep. Like I said, you know, with Google Maps and that sort of stuff, I've sort of been able to see that, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It is yeah. just staying, yeah. you know, committed to a cause for a very long time. So yep. hopefully by, um, you know, sharing these daily posts and stuff like that, people will see that, you know, there's good days, there's bad days. Of course. But yeah. At the end of the day, it's a day's 24 hours and, you know, once you get through one, you're on to the next one and you're always making your way towards the finish line and hopefully we'll be able to sort of share that belief that it is possible to go out and do. So you said, you know, when you're in reception, you'll be able to like, you know, put stuff up on social. Are, are you yep. documenting stuff at the moment and are you going to be documenting stuff while you're out there? I mean, I know you just briefly touched on it, but like, yep. yeah, have you got almost like a set plan in, in place or are you, um, uh, what, what are we doing? I, I don't know about a set plan. I think, yeah. I think I'll just try and stay as, as open as possible. Yep. Um, I'll share as much as I can yeah. um, and give as much insight into the trip as possible. Mm. So in the lead up, you know, little bits and pieces about what I'm planning and what I'm preparing and then hopefully people will be able to sit back and laugh as that plan goes to pieces and then see how it changes and morphs mm. into the trip that, that it will become. So, yeah. I mean, if I if I do a chain on the bike, you know, in the first three hours, um, I can talk all I want about how I've got the perfect gear leading into the trip, but at the time it'll all change. So yeah. I will leave it pretty open. My only real plan is to be, I guess, yeah, like I said, as open as possible with people who want to follow the journey mm. um, so that they're getting an authentic view of the trip. I don't sort of want to 
I don't want to turn it into like uh, I guess the phrase is you know Instagram glory and all that sort Stand of stuff. Stand like, like an open like yeah. on a rock looking out <laughs> over the next like hundred kilometers, going to do that way, and you're like, yeah, yeah. I okay, mean, at yeah. the same time, I'm going to be pretty bored by myself, so I will throw in a couple of those photos just because it'll give me something entertaining to do. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'll try and express what's going on in my mind um, through each section, and when there are bad days, I'll try and share that so that the good days you can sort of appreciate them. But and I guess I mean hopefully we'll keep it a bit more interesting rather than just seeing you know, nice photos day in day out mm. or um, yeah or not being able to follow the progress because I'm so yeah uh, hit and miss. But I don't know. I think I'll leave it up to the followers. You know, if they want to hear more, or they're more than welcome to comment um, and get in touch. And, and I'd rather the mate, like to be honest. Yeah. Like I mean, this is, this is a pretty cool thing that you're doing. But like from my point of view. Um, I have, and, and you know, this is the reason why I've got you on the podcast. Because I mean, the name of the podcast is the Pursuit of the Outdoors. So like, and it's not just hiking; it's running, it's cycling, it's it's whatever. But it's it's the Pursuit of the Outdoors in every way, shape, and form. Yep. So I have no doubt that once more people get more aware of what you're doing, uh, which is going to lead into my next question as well, that they'll no doubt follow you at the moment, and then they'll fo- follow you right, you know, obviously right up to you know. Go time, and then obviously over that three-month period, it's obviously they're going to drop in and out. Just sort of, you know, oh, definitely. can't be on the phone all the time, but most people will, will you know, follow. I think anyway. Uh, as I said, leads me to my next question: What sort of, I suppose, attention have you got, if any, from like any media outlets, like as like you know, the Age or the Herald Sun, or even like some of like the TV stations? Have any of them yep. got in contact? Uh, so at the moment, I am fortunate enough to, I guess, have a little bit of a top secret project unfortunately um which i can't speak about yeah, okay, in terms cool. of video nice. um so video is pretty much taken care of yeah um, great so hopefully yeah um like i said you'll see this tall lanky kid on uh, on tv at some stage in the future interesting um in terms of newspapers, well exclusive in case you were all wondering yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is uh, us. <laughs> Um, in terms of uh, newspapers and stuff like that, at the moment it's just local papers and that sort Great. of stuff. Um, trying to, I guess, spread the awareness to a few triathlon clubs and those who might be interested in joining me. Um, yeah. Like I said, it, it, it's, this is a trip for myself, but yeah. at the same time, sharing it with locals, um, whether they want to come and ride for the day or whether... I was going to say, like, if you've got people like, going, oh, I know he's going to be running this part at this time I'm going to maybe go run with him for the day I've got a few people who are interested um, in cycling next to me as I run and I've got a couple of people yeah. who are interested in paddling next to me as I, uh, paddling next to me as I swim I haven't got anyone to commit to doing what I'm doing at the same time they're all taking a slightly easier option there but um, the company is will be huge and like I said it's, it's a trip for myself but I'm trying to like you said, it's a pursuit of the outdoors. It's trying to, similar to this podcast, it's trying to bring other people into what I find enjoyable. If it's not for them, it's not for them. But of course. at least it's um, it's a perfect excuse to go and give it a go for a day and they yeah. can come out and see. And again, hopefully they see that you know, they could go and do something like this themselves if they wanted to. And yeah. they will hopefully get, after spending a day on my trip, um, they might have their own idea that they've got that they've always wanted to do, whether it's go from... You know, the length of the Murray or whether it's you know east coast to west coast on a motorbike or a car it doesn't have to be always you know without a motor whether it's just that sense of adventure and that sense of passion if they want to go out and chase it yeah um yeah it'd be awesome to sort of hopefully spark that with them and if not you know it'll give me someone to talk to rather than myself for uh, for a little while so I definitely want people to come and uh, come and join me along the way yeah and i suppose is that, is that the message that you're trying to get across to people that 
you sort of briefly touched on here and there is that you can basically do and it sounds very cliche, but you yeah. basically do whatever you want if you really put your mind to yep. it. Like if, it, if there's a dream that you've got, whether it's something that's just popped into your head um, or it's something that's been brewing in your mind for a while, um, is that the message you're trying to get across to people or is it something a bit more... Yeah, definitely. Like you said, it's it's 100% cliche yep. um, and it sounds extremely tacky, but if you go onto my website, you'll see anyone can do anything if given the opportunity. And, and what's your website? Just... Uh, whatthomasdone.com. Um, so... Yeah, if you, if you log on there, you'll see that message. And yep. it's not there to be cliche. It's not there to make people think, you know, oh, he's done something cool. It's there because I, I believe in that message. Yep. Um, it wasn't something that a marketing team gave me, that message. It was something that, well, that message actually came from uh, giving a presentation um, after I'd set that world first uh, to a school of year five and sixes in Renmark. Okay. Um, I popped into the school there and... I realised it wasn't too long ago that I was one of those little kids, you know, listening to a speech. And like I said at the start, you know, I don't think that I'm anything that special. I think anyone could do what I'm doing. So I really do believe that anyone could go out and, yeah. and do anything if they're given that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, there's obviously restrictions. I'm not going to... You, know, you mentioned Cyril Rioli yeah. before. I'm definitely not going to take his place in the team next week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's obviously restrictions to what you can do. Yeah. But I think there's always a way around them. A lot of people see the first barrier and stop. But, you know, you can... If you can't cycle, you know from Cape York to Sydney because your knees are no good, jump on a motorbike or you know, jump in a car and a way. still go out and do what you want to go and do. Find a way to make it possible though. Yeah. Even that sounds cliche in itself, but um, but yeah, just go out and do it and don't, I guess, just don't take no for an answer. Yeah. Go out and find a way to make your goals a reality. Yeah. And that really sounded cliche there. That's fine, mate. <laughs> it's funny, like, sometimes the cliche stuff, in my opinion, sometimes the cliche stuff is... Um, it's stuff that almost makes the most sense. We all look yeah. at it, as you said, like it's a bit corny, it's a bit tacky, all that sort of shit. But sometimes um, we've heard it so much that we stop actually listening to what it's what's being said. And when you right. stop and think about it, you can you can go out and do yeah. anything really. Well, you're living proof. At well, the age of 22, <laughs> that you've you know done the uh, was it the Darling the Darling River and you know, yep. end to end and yeah, and then you're about to do this one as well and. Um, still a few days to go though. Still, before, yeah. uh, <laughs> still a few days, but I suppose like. I mean, this is probably a long way off, but like, after this, is it just whatever you come up with next? Is there like a, is there almost like a formula for what you want to do? Or did you just see something and just go, yeah, I reckon I could do that. Or someone else tried to do it in a really shit way. Like when I first went to New Zealand, I saw someone, the way they did it, I was like, with a bit of training and a bit of, like, stretch it out a bit more, that actually can be done. Is there like... I think uh, I've definitely got a little bucket list that I'm yeah, trying to right. take a little bucket list of adventures that I want to do. Um, yeah. It's funny, even in the planning stage of this trip, I committed and told myself that I wasn't going to come up with any new ideas until I ticked off at least three that was already on this list. Off. Right. And then I could start coming up with new ideas. And then about two weeks ago, while planning this trip, I came up with an idea for a new one that I might do next year. Um, so I think it is matter of taking the opportunities as they come um i'm not sure where i'll be after this trip um i think i'll need a little bit of a lie down um, <laughs> a little bit of a, a lie little, down yeah a little bit of a lie <laughs> down say it so just like yeah it's a lie down <laughs> whatever um well, i think you know likely i'll go into a coma for a, yep. a couple of months at least hibernation um, at least hibernation yep um but i think I'll, i think i'll step away from it for a little bit 
I think I think with these sort of trips, um, it's always good to sort of take a bit of time and actually stop and reflect on on what's happened. I think, like I mentioned before, you know, the world we live in now is so busy that yeah. to go straight back into it, you almost lose the lessons that you've learnt from taking it slow. So. I'll sort of ease myself back into the real world for a bit, and then also you know, start chipping away on a, an idea. I've got, I've got a grand plan that I want to work on um, for about three, four years' time. A really big trip that I want to really get a lot of people involved into. Right. Um, but in the meantime, I'll stick around and hopefully, yeah, do a few more trips myself. Like I said, it, it, for me now, it's a matter of doing it for the passion of it. Um, and also trying to support some cool organisations. So if I see someone, I think, or an organisation, I think, um, who wants to be promoted or deserves to be promoted, or even anyone listening, if they've got you know an organisation yeah. that they think deserves to be deserves a bit more attention than what it's getting, get mm. in contact, and you know maybe I'll ride a unicycle. I don't know from. Adelaide to Darwin or something. Yeah, right. Don't hold me to something that one. Though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think yeah, I enjoy pushing myself and I enjoy the, the different aspects of the challenge. Yeah. So far, I haven't done a trip that's been similar. I haven't done two hiking. I haven't done two paddling. Well, I haven't done two kayaking or two stand-up paddleboarding. Um, so as long as it's something that interests me, I'll go yep. out and do it. And I suppose these organisations you're working with, I'm assuming. I mean, you mentioned there if there's anyone out there who's you know, if you you think that might deserve to be promoted, but I imagine there's a lot of it, a lot of the brands you're going to work with are sort of brands that might even resonate or align with some of your values and your beliefs. Is that would that be a fair assumption? Yeah, for sure. I yeah. think um, I think the organisations I've supported so far have yeah. been organisations I've definitely been able to learn from. Yeah. I think um, we're seeing with the groups I've worked with, it's definitely broken down a lot of stereotypes for me. Um, so working with uh, working with um, deaf and blind children uh, with my very first organisation yep. was an eye-opening um, experience. Yeah. Um, I guess because I stopped and looked at these kids and I thought, you know, there's a lot of people there that don't believe they're going to do anything for themselves when they get older. And you know, after spending 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes with these kids, you could, you could see that there was a person there. You, you stopped seeing the stereotype. Um, and you know that you know, if, if given the opportunity, they can go out and they can do whatever they wanted to do. But unfortunately, a lot of people out there don't want to give people a, a leg up. Mm. Um, they just want to go, nah, you're not going to be fully suited to that. And I guess it's more of that mentality. Again, the first problem we see, we stop at it and we go, nah, it can't be done. Um, so, I mean, if you find a way around that, yeah, there's, these kids could go out and do anything. And I think um, I've seen that. Throughout, uh, throughout time, like <laughs> some of the videos I'm putting out now at the moment, I'm using an app which uh, one of the Mitz kids taught me how to use. Um, you know, he was, uh, shout out to Gigi yeah. uh, <laughs> from Mitz this yeah. year. Um, yeah, he showed me an incredible little video that him and his mates had put together at the boarding house. And yeah. I went, how are you doing all this? So he showed me for 10 minutes how he made all these videos and yeah, and now I'm, I'm doing that. So What's the app? Uh, the app is... I'm it's just always I, looking for new apps. It's just iMovie. I just didn't oh, know really? about it. I just didn't know about it. Okay. Um, I yeah. was just going straight to Adobe and was just had no idea what to do with Adobe. Yep. And he just stripped it all back to iMovie and just said, yeah, just use this and you'll be right. <laughs> so I started using that now. So Sweet little you can, you can always learn something off someone. Um, Very humble. Yeah, I think you can always learn something and... I'm learning, it's these organisations I'm supporting, sure I'm raising funds and awareness for them, but yep. I'd consider myself 
getting more out of it from the time I spend with them purely because you know you become a better person the more, mm. the more people you associate with mm. the more things you learn and you know just different organisations provide different opportunities to learn and people get put in touch with and you yeah, just don't know sure. who's out there who might know that person and rolls on from there exactly yeah. yep. Yep. And that's what you get out of these trips. You not only you go and see a lot of the countryside, yeah. get to think about what you actually enjoy, but you, you learn different things um, just from seeing something new every day. Yeah, unreal. Um, look, I think it's, I think we've covered a lot in just under an hour, mate. Yeah. But um, look, I, re- I really appreciate um, you coming on um, and having a chat and giving um, myself and obviously the rest of uh, the listeners uh, a bit of an insight into what you're up to and what you're doing. And I was really pumped to... Um, be able to chat to you about this because as I said like I, I like chatting with people who uh, whether they're doing a 10 kilometer trip and that's like their Everest or they're going to be doing something like you're doing and they're taking it to a whole nother to a whole nother extreme which this <laughs> certainly is uh, and as you rightly pointed out most people would look at that and go you're mad but you're someone who's like well yeah I'm mad but I'm going to do it anyway so what I, yeah. whatever uh, but no as I said look <laughs> really appreciate you coming on um, and having a chat and uh, look we wish you well and look at as I said, like if there's anything we can do to help you out and yeah. support you in any way, we certainly will. Hopefully, this podcast will give you your trip a bit more exposure, yep. um, and then we'll put it on the blog and we'll see how it goes from there. So, um, yeah, appreciate it, mate. Good Pleasure's on you. been all mine, and um, you know, if I uh, survive this trip, maybe you'll have me back on uh, sometime soon. I'll be able to tell you whether I was after, mad or after, not. After, yeah, like Afterwards, I'll be able to tell you whether, <laughs> whether I actually was mad to go and uh, attempt it or, yeah, or uh, yeah, not. Nah, that's a good idea, definitely, <laughs> mate. Well, um, yeah, as I said, appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck with it all. Pleasure. Cheers, mate.